would love to tell you what I think of Jesus Since I found in him a friend so strong and true I would tell you how he changed my life completely He did something that no other friend could do No one ever cared for me like Jesus There's no other friend so kind as he No one else could take the sin and darkness from me Oh, how much he cared for me All my life was full of sin when Jesus found me All my heart was full of misery and woe Jesus placed his strong and loving arms around me yes. And he led me in the way I ought to go No one ever cared for me like Jesus There's no other friend so strong as he Thank uh-huh. you. 
Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. We're broadcasting live at 7.80 a.m. on the dial. And we're also live on the YouTube. You can go to Ray Greenley, Pastor Ray Greenley, YouTube, and you'll find us there live. You're welcome to, to dial in. I have much I want to share with you today. I want you to get pencil and paper and jot down the scriptures that we're going to go through. You'll want to study them again later and understand what God is saying to you. Now, it's obvious to me because of the lack of response on many of your parts that you have held your hand up and you have said, stop, don't ask me to change. Well, I have to ask you to listen to the gospel today because the gospel demands change. I was sitting last evening at a, a restaurant where I was being treated to a wonderful dinner. And next to our table was a, a foursome. And one of the men I overheard say, we are all saved by grace. So all we can do is the best we can do. They all agreed. No one is perfect, they said. No one can stop sinning. We're going to always be sinners. We're sinners saved by grace, and we're still sinners. And that conversation went on a bit, and then it changed. And it went into their, their love of food and their love of wine and their love of their worldly lifestyle. And they talked much about it. They would call themselves Christians and they belong to an evangelical church. I won't name the church. But they're members in good standing in a church. But they have taken the position that they are saved by grace meaning that grace covers them over and there's no serious behavioral change required on their part and they can now enjoy all the luxuries of the world the wine the food I think they probably spent a half hour just looking at the menu and talking through each delectable item on the menu boggled my mind so, if you have your hand up today and you're saying, no, I'm not going to change. Listen carefully. And if you're asking, Pastor, what kind of change are you talking about? Listen, and we'll walk through the scriptures together. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that today would be an eye-opening, heart rending broadcast in the name of Jesus I ask that those who listen would be convicted and transformed and set free today 
Lord, thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. This is Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley. Thank you for joining. Listen carefully. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man, it is reported in history, that he was a very wealthy Jew, having tin mines in Europe. He was one of the men with Joseph of Arimathea that took the body of Jesus and placed it and prepared it for burial in the Holy Sepulcher. This man came to Jesus by night, and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you are doing unless God is with him. So obviously Nicodemus had been in the crowd. He'd been watching Jesus perform healings, restoring the sight, healing the leper. He had watched, and he saw these as very powerful signs that God was with Jesus. But he came at night because he didn't want anyone to recognize him. He came He came asking and calling Jesus rabbi and asking questions. And Jesus answered him and said most assuredly this is John 3 3 I say to you unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God this is the New King James Version literally it's unless one is born from above he cannot see the kingdom of God so the question is what does it mean to be born from above what's that all about This is the only time Jesus refers to being born again. It has become a central tenet in the Christian church. In the evangelical church, everyone wants to know, have you been born again? And if you answer yes, then that answers the question. That's a total misuse of what Jesus is trying to say. Nicodemus says to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, that is baptism, water baptism, and the Spirit, that is Holy Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Well, what are the requirements for being baptized in water? We'll talk about that, but just very quickly, The basic requirement is that I repent of my sin. That's what John the Baptist required. He required people to repent before they could be baptized in the water. It meant a total change of life. It meant renouncing all evil, all darkness, all self. You know, we're such a culture of self-improvement. And the slogan seems to be, look, I'll do the best I can do. Well, doing the best you can do will not get you into heaven. That's not how you can be saved. We don't enter into heaven by works. We enter in by repentance. 
and turning from self. And then being baptized in the water and being baptized in the Holy Spirit, being utterly cleansed as a sovereign act of grace and mercy freely by Jesus' blood. It says he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And if you are today saying, no, pastor, I'm not going to change. I have it made. I'm on my way to heaven. When Jesus looks at me, doesn't see me, he sees his own righteousness. And it's all been imputed to me. If that's your position, you have not been born from above. And you can't enter into the kingdom of God. Not according to the words of Jesus right here in John the third chapter. But I'm going to show you what the apostles said about this very thing. If you'll go with me in the scriptures and jot down these scriptures, please, to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Now, I need to read some large sections to you because I want the context to be plain to you. It's all about context to understand the word of God. Well, in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, I'll begin reading with verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feelings have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. That's the descriptor of people who have not been born from above, who say, no, I don't have to change my behavior. I'm good to go the way I am. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven, even though you're in the midst of wickedness. But you have not learned. You've not so learned Christ. Verse 20. This is Ephesians 4.20. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness so when you come to Jesus when you come and are born washed in the water born of the spirit when you are born from above when you have repented of your sin and turned away from the world, the flesh, and the devil, you no longer walk in sin. I'll show you that. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor as we are members of one another. Be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands that is doing what is good, 
that he may have something to give those who are in need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but but what is good for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And of course, grace, as defined by the New Testament, is that unmerited favor that teaches us to say no to ungodliness. In Titus, he says this, It's not a free pass to continue walking in wickedness. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now here's how you grieve the Spirit of God from you. Bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking. Let it be put away from you. With all malice, let the malice be put away. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Chapter 5. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also loved us, and gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma, We're being called by the Holy Spirit to give ourselves to God in the same way Jesus gave himself to God. Now he nails it. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you, as it is fitting for saints neither filthiness nor foolish talking. I'm often grieved, as I was last night, by Christians, so-called, who engage in utterly foolish conversation that Jesus would not participate in, in their love for the world, their lust of the flesh, for the food. Nor coarse joking, There was much coarse joking last night. They're not fitting, but rather giving thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, no unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now let's break that down. An idolater is one who covets money who settles on their love for money even ahead of Jesus. And so their concern is, how can I take care of myself? How can I provide for myself? Well, one man said to me this morning, it's the seed that falls in the ground, pastor, and dies. That's the seed that produces a huge crop. He was right. We're called to lay our lives down, not to build up our retirement. One man, if I don't have a million dollars to retire, I'm afraid I'll end up with nothing. Well, he will end up with a million dollars and he'll end up with nothing even while he calls himself a Christian. He's not born again. He has grieved the Spirit of God from him. If he ever was born from above, he has now grieved the Holy Spirit, 
And he's no longer in the kingdom of Jesus. He's in his own kingdom, building his own kingdom, his own way, lusting after those connections and those social events. He says they don't have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Well, what's that mean? How do we walk as children of the light? Well, let me take you to another scripture. 1 Corinthians, the 7th chapter. I'm going to read for you, beginning with the 18th verse. Was anyone called while circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? Let him not be circumcised. In other words, lay aside your church traditions, your rituals, He says, circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. But keeping the commandments of God is what matters. If you're not keeping the commandments of God, you're not walking in the Spirit of Christ. Now you say, Pastor, are you a legalist? Are you saying we have to go back to the law? No, I'm saying you have to die. Remember, the Apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. You see, when a man is born from above, or a woman is born from above, they become law keepers. Not by their power, by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit as he struggles against the powers of darkness in their life. And he cleanses them. He purifies them. Now, you can try through self-improvement to keep the law. Many have and then utterly failed. I was one of those. I did everything I could. I tried as hard as I could to keep the law. My daddy used to say to me, Raymond, you've got to try harder. I finally recognized I couldn't keep the law. It condemned me. It beat me to death. It caused me to have a guilty conscience. But we have alleviated that today in the modern church by teaching that you don't have to pay attention to the law. It was done away with at the cross. And that's true for a righteous man or woman. They're not under the law. They're under the Spirit, and they're in Jesus, and they're new creations in Christ Jesus. I'll get to that in just a minute. Do you understand? We are called to be law keepers by grace in Jesus Christ through imparted grace, not imputed grace. There's no such thing in the scriptures as imputed grace. It's a lie. It's imparted grace. Grace that teaches us how to say no to ungodliness. We are transformed into new creatures in Christ Jesus. I want to go to another scripture for you. 
It's found in Galatians, the sixth chapter. The sixth chapter, Galatians. And I'm going to read for you verse 15. But let's start back at verse 6 so you get the context. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. And by the way, please, that scripture is real and I need you to participate with me and share with me all good things as a teacher of the gospel. We're still more than $1,000 short for the month of January radio. If the Holy Spirit's been convicting you, would you please step forward and help cover January? Verse 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he'll also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will reap everlasting life. What's the word corruption mean? It means the same as a bowl of fruit that has utterly rotted and has mold all over it only to be thrown out. It is garbage. It cannot be used. It cannot be tolerated. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap rottenness, stench. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now watch. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Hmm. Now verse 15. This is Galatians 6, verse 15. In Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. You're not a new creation if you have held up your hand and you have said, I'm saved by grace, I'm a sinner, but I'm on my way to heaven. You're not a new creation, you're just dressed up pagan. In your heart, you still do not serve Jesus Christ. You have not died on the cross with Jesus. I'm talking about a radical change in your heart and in your life so that your only object of true interest is the person of Jesus Christ. He is the one you love. He is the one you serve. He is the one you search after with all of your heart. Is that true of you? Well, let me turn to another scripture. I'd like to take you to Colossians, the third chapter. Colossians, the third chapter. And let me begin reading. We're going to read a fair portion again. I want you to get the context. If then you were raised with Christ, this is asking, 
if you were not raised with Christ, you won't be doing what I'm going to describe. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. For you died. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Is your life hidden with Christ in God because you are seeking only those things which are above where Christ is, where he's sitting at the right hand of God? Is that the cry of your heart? Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth now here are the things that the members of the body our hands and our feet and our eyes and our emotions this is what a worldly person is still looking for fornication sexual uncleanness passion evil desire evil desire and covetousness which is idolatry because of these things the wrath of god is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them but now you yourselves are to put off all these put off anger put off wrath put off malice oh he's saying the same thing all over again isn't he blasphemy filthy language out of your mouth do not lie to one another since you put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the inner according to the image of him who created him where there is neither greek nor jew circumcised nor uncircumcised barbarian scythian slave nor free but christ is all and all if you are caught up in racial rage you have not been born from above did you hear me if you're engaged in any of these things and especially i want to lift up idolatry that is putting someone or something before Jesus where you are preserving your own life that's idolatry now let me read a few more verses this is Colossians the third chapter verse 12 therefore as the elect of God holy and beloved put on tender mercies kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. He's emphasizing, look, if you've been born from above, your heart is going to be to forgive your brother or your sister. You're not going to make claims on them. You're not going to grab and growl and curse and fight and spit and be bitter. You're going to forgive them with tenderness. Even if you are wronged, better to be wronged 
I've experienced that. Someone took thousands of dollars from me because I would not go to court and fight them. I just gave them what they asked because I could not go to court as a Christian and fight with them. I had to forgive them. And if I forgave them, I couldn't hold on to what I wanted. I could not be an idolater. I could not worship money. But above all these things, put on love, agape love, self-sacrificing love, which is the bond of perfection. John Wesley taught this, and I want to teach it again today. Can you be perfect before Jesus? This man last night said, none of us are perfect. All we can do is the best we can do. Wrong. He was right in the flesh. He was wrong in the spirit because he's never been born from above. So if today you're claiming that Jesus has unconditional love, that he's covered you with his grace and his mercy, and you're saved even in the midst of your wickedness, you've deceived yourself. And you've held up a hand to me and you've said, Stop, Pastor, don't demand that I change. I am demanding if you want to enter salvation, you must die and be born from above. And that will make you a new creation. It will mean that the law will be perfectly kept in your life and that you will no longer walk in any known sin or any known rebellion against the Lord Jesus Christ. doesn't mean you won't be tempted. It doesn't even mean that you won't make mistakes. It doesn't even mean that there aren't times when you're going to rebel and you'll have to come and confess. And Jesus in 1 John tells us that if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, and he will cleanse us from all impurity, but that's not the norm. That's the exception. Verse 15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in, in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, not talking about the Super Bowl. Not drinking in the vile wickedness of the halftime show. I think America has lost its moral bearings it's lost its moral sanity we have become in this nation insane people lusting after the things of hollywood and and darkness and wickedness perverse sexuality totally destroying our children breaks my heart if you walk that way, you've never been born from above. You're not saved. You're lost. Verse 17, And whatever you do in word or deed, 
do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever you do, in word or deed, whatever you say, whatever you do, it must be done unto Jesus, not unto self, not unto self-improvement, not unto my flesh, but unto Jesus. All week I've been talking about the love I have in my heart for my Lord and my Savior. Why do I have such great love for Jesus? Because he saved my soul. He radically changed me. He took all bitterness and anger out of my heart. He gave me tender love for my brothers and sisters, for you. You have seen that exhibited time after time on this radio broadcast. And again today I come admonishing you that if you have lifted up your hand and said, Pastor, don't demand that I change because I don't have to change to be saved. I'm fine just the way I am. And I have the text that I can quote you to tell you that I'm fine. Well, listen to the text I'm giving you today. Take the whole scripture. You're not fine. If you're walking in gluttony, sexual uncleanness, malice, bitterness, hard-heartedness, idolatry before God, you've not been born from above yet. There is a place that is there is a place that is so wonderful, so awesome, where the joy of the Lord fills your heart, where the peace of God rests in your spirit and your soul begins to soar toward the heavens, loving Jesus, lifting up your hands in victory over all darkness, praising his name and worshiping him. That's what I want for you. That's why I do this broadcast. Our time is quickly passing. Let me share from Hebrews. Let me share from Hebrews. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us weigh aside, lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. Listen to this. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastenings of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, 
and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Some of you have rejected the chastenings of God, and you have filled yourself with a lie that you can walk in your sin and still be saved. You have not been born from above. And if you're going to be saved, if you're going to enter into the kingdom of God, you're going to have to repent of your sin. That means a dramatic change and shift in priorities, in activities, in the spending of your money. Everything is going to have to change to align with Jesus. And then you're going to have to be water baptized. And then you're going to have to be baptized in the Spirit. And you're going to have to be made holy. For without holiness, no man will see the Lord. And you're going to have to walk this out day by day with the world behind you, the world, the flesh, and the devil resisted no longer of interest. What interests you is the person of Jesus Christ and his kingdom and his glory. Verse 12, Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that that which is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any brute, lest any root of bitterness spring up, causing trouble, and by this many becoming defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sought his birthright, for you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. You can still today find repentance, but it's going to require you searching for it with tears and a total revamping of your lukewarm, hard-hearted Christianity. Now, some of you are not that. And I praise God for you. Some of you have testified that you are totally given over to Jesus Christ. I praise God. You have the victory in Jesus. And now you're walking it out in that desert of the world, faithfully, day by day, testifying and witness. I love you, my brother, my sister. But if you're walking in sin... And you're resisting and you're saying no to what God wants to do in your heart and you refuse to change you're in deep trouble I'm going to read one more passage 1st Peter the first chapter verse 13 
Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also must be holy in all of your conduct because it is written, be holy because I am holy. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed by corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. You have received tradition, some of you, by your fathers that eternal security is yours even as you walk in wickedness before God. You're going to have to break that lie if you're going to enter the kingdom of God. You were redeemed by the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God. Verse 22. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently from a pure heart, having been born again, having been born from above, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flowers of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. What I have shared with you today is the gospel that was preached to you by Jesus, the gospels, the epistles. It is the sum of the New Testament teaching that you must repent, that you must be baptized, that you must be filled with the Holy Spirit, that you must be totally changed and transformed into a righteous and holy person. And then you give your life in service to Jesus, not to the world. Have you said, no, I'm not going to change, Pastor. You're wrong. I'm not wrong, but it's not me. It's the word of God I've shared with you today. I hope you've written down the scriptures. I hope you'll listen to it again. It is the word of God for you. It is the way of salvation for you. It is to become a new creation. It is one who is in perfect accord with Jesus, with the law hidden in their hearts, walking in righteousness. Well, we're out of time for this broadcast today. I have a couple of things I need to say to you. I'm going to be gone. I'll be out of town all next week. Some very interesting broadcasts are planned for you. I'm going to go on a spiritual retreat where I can pray and fast and read the Word. 
and ask for direction regarding this radio broadcast as to whether I continue on the AM dial or whether we make a change. It's also a time for me to pray for the National Prayer Chapel and where we're going to go as a church. The elders are praying with me. They're walking with me. Next week is also a time for me to rest. And I'm going to be praying for many of you. I have many of you by name, and I'll be going through those names one by one, and I'll be praying for you. We're still short financially for the month of January. I can't continue like this. If you'd like to help, you're welcome. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Or you can call Brother Drew, our producer, at 877-534-0780, and he'd be happy to hear from you right now. He's there, and he'll take your call. 877 877- Five three four zero seven eight zero. A couple of people have made pledges, but those pledges have not come in yet. I'm praying they do. I'll be headed to the post office right after the broadcast. You can also go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, and you can give online. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And I'm looking forward to next week to be away, to pray, to search after Jesus. I need his will and his way. I need him to answer, and I know he will. So let's pray. Lord, I've come and proclaimed your word on Pilgrim's Progress today. I ask that every person who has heard will put their hand down and not say, Stop, I'm not going to listen. I pray that every person will lift up their heart before you and let you examine them by the presence of your Holy Spirit. I pray those who have claimed to be saved but have not been born from above, who have not been made new creations, they're still the same old, same old. Lord, I pray you'll break their stubbornness and that you in your great mercy and love will come to them and bring deep conviction of their sin and show them them what to repent of and how to repent. Oh, Lord, there has to be a change in this city. There has to be a cry of repentance in this city for, Lord, the evil has become so great in our government. The evil has become so great in the entertainment of the day. The evil has become so great in our schools and in our churches. Lord, there's no difference between the world, the church, and the devil. Pastors are preaching with jokes and shallow 
non-sermons, no convicting arrows of the Holy Spirit. All they want is security and money. Lord, will you come in mighty power? Will you lift up a standard of salvation in this city? Would you let us put away pretty words and casual hearts and come before your throne and weep and let you change us into your image? Thank you, Jesus, I pray in your holy name. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'm looking forward to hearing from you if your heart has been pierced and convicted. Let me hear about it. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.